today on the show, when a tractor-trailer traffic jam is a good thing, social media according to the gospel, forgiveness in the midst of pain, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. It is time for the CU Weekly. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. Can you believe it? It is episode number 369. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She is our locally sourced faith ninja, and she is present in all her Easter glory. Here I am. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Send her. Kathleen Lee. There she is. Good uh, to be here. Also present, uh, bringing with her confections of Easter. Indeed. Olivia Galino. That is what I do. Hello. That's right. She's the Associate Director of the Youth and Young Adult Ministry Office for the Diocese of Baton Rouge as well. That's true. And, uh, and she cooks. And she bakes. She home baker. Yeah. And we're not Defiantly. worthy. And we're, we're not worthy, and yet she still invites us in. Speaking of people that are not worthy but still oh, get dessert, God. we go up to the Jeff Star One near Earth Orbit Satellite to Jeff Blackwell. He's our technical director. <laughs> He's the commandant of that self-same satellite. Hey, Jeff. I am so glad you sent the dessert shuttle up here, man. It is... Awesome. Yes, indeed. Good job, we, Olivia. We, we do have to work with, like, you know, the um, the Outer Mongolian Space Force to do it. But, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth what it. What a team. That's right. <laughs> it's actually quite economical. Uh, also economical is Ed Ball. He is the guy that's running the video signal. So uh, if you're getting us on the vertical and the horizontal, he's controlling it all as well he should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. In the ball pit. In the ball pit. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Trying to create a colloquialism See, you here. know, for the past couple of weeks, you left that out. I have, yeah. but it's not. It's because it's not in the rundown. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Well, they're they're right in the rundown. Well, you all have control of the rundown, too. I mean, oh, get saying. ready, yeah. because I will take over <laughs> oh, the dear. rundown. I'm, I'm afraid now, actually. <laughs> She's going to be just Challenge accepted. Uh-oh. That's right. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, up first in the rundown is actually something that's really kind of beautiful. Uh, so um, in, in the midst of, of all of the thorns of this, it's quite beautiful. Um, uh, while you were sleeping last week, a unique act of heroism took place along I-696 in Metro Detroit. Uh, a line of 13 truckers, with the assistance of the Michigan State Police, created a wall on the 696 uh, underneath an overpass to help prevent a man from jumping off of the overpass. Wow. So uh, there were 13 trucks total lined up on both the eastbound and westbound sides of the freeway, and the, the man was standing above them. Um, and because of the efforts of the Michigan State Police, it turns out that the man walked safely off of the overpass. Situation lasted about two hours, um, and so uh, the uh, Michigan State Police, um, basically, the first lieutenant, Michael Shaw, said, basically what, what we do is we're shutting the freeway down, and we'll go through and we'll kind of um, voluntold some truck drivers, and as they come along, we'll line them up underneath there. Mm. And, and that was exactly what they did. So the thought process is if the individual involved tries to jump off of the overpass or loses his grip and falls, he's only falling five or six feet mm-hmm. onto these wow. semi-trailers. So, so that actually gave them a little bit of time to, to talk to the person, talk him through mm-hmm. the situation. Yeah. And um, uh, as praise has poured in for the police and the drivers, Officer Shaw said, it's important to focus on what sparked their actions. And here's what he said. One of the things that we really wanted to talk about with this particular photo, which uh, if, you're, if you're watching us uh, on, on the video stream, you can see all of the, the 13 tractor trailers that are lined up, blocking the entire interstate yeah. and, and lined up over the overpass, uh, in the overpass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, what we want to talk about, as we saw it kind of circulating around, is we know that our troopers did a great job out there, and we're grateful for the truck drivers, 
But also in that photo is a man standing on the overpass thinking about it, taking his own life. Mm-hmm. For law enforcement, we take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. And this is a good example of, uh, of Christianity without saying the name Christianity. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, this is um, one of the things that Jesus talks about in the gospel this, this week is about uh, friendship. You know, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And the command is to love God and love one another. Yeah. And one of the, the great challenges for all of us is, is to truly love the other, even if we don't know them. Yeah. yeah. Well, this just upholds the dignity of the human person. Like, Correct. they don't know this guy, but they're willing to work with him and also put in uh, fail-safes in case he does decide to jump right. or do something radical. Uh, so they have this measure in place so that he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because apparently they've been doing this for a couple of decades. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that they it's never taken up an entire freeway before mm-hmm. and in, you know, in the world before social media. Right. It yeah. wasn't really Cause, captured. Because the, the image is from, uh, is from the Twitter feed of the, of the Michigan. Michigan um, Police Department, or yeah. the State Police, uh, the Metro State Police, State yeah. Police Metro Detroit. There we yes, go. Yes, there yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, exactly. And and how beautiful it is to, to see this sort of a thing. And um, oftentimes I, I wonder, you know, we think about public safety when we think about our police and, and uh, all those involved in transportation. But public safety really is an extension of a desire to do good, mm-hmm. yeah. the common good. And that's one of the things that, that we often perhaps don't think about is that the common good is always directed towards God. Yeah. Even if we don't say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think what a, what an incredible thing it must have been to have been one of those truck drivers and to sit there and like, mm-hmm. you know, like you could have put over to the side of the road and, you know, gotten on Facebook or watched a movie or taken a nap, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure they've been driving forever. Sure. Um, but to... to to be a part of that, yeah. um, to sit under this this overpass. Um, and to jump into action. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I wonder, you know, I, I would be interested to see, like, how many of them, you know, are, are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Well, it's they... interesting enough, you know, uh, I know we have a couple of you that listen to us on the road there in, in your trucks. And one of the things that, that I'm uh, never, never amazed by because, you know, um, uh, one of the seminarians for the Archdiocese in New Orleans who spoke at Catholic Man Night for Catholic Radio mm-hmm. uh, last week, um, he, he said that uh, he was a truck driver, and one of the things that happened while he was driving his truck is it became his mobile monastery. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. You know, and actually it was uh, it was what caused him to, to begin discerning the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of guys who, who drive trucks, that's what that, that's it's a mobile monastery. Mm-hmm. And even whether it's on a ham radio or something like that, they. They become uh, men of evangelization, and uh, and you know this is a, an example of that. Wow. You know, we don't know we don't know how many of these guys were believers, but uh, chances are a good number of them were. Yeah. But even those who even truck drivers who who drive you know from one side of the country to the other, they see a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and at some level, I mean, because you you see a lot in in, in the business side of things and also on the road you have a desire perhaps to do good and not just be selfish. And, mm-hmm. and I think we see that quite yeah. beautifully here. Well, I think it's a really cool affirmation of the fact that we just inherently believe in the good of the human person. Mm-hmm. And even though we, you know, we quibble over terms and we like to have intellectual arguments about, I don't know, just what is truth and is this true or what is your truth and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah. like when it comes down to it, the way that we practice 
uh, our lives, the way that we live our lives, tells a lot about what we truly believe um, and what we what we hold to be inherent values and truths. And this is the kind of thing that makes me like have hope yeah. for, or like yeah. you know, rein, reinvigorate my hope for mm-hmm. um, the fact that yes, we still do believe in the the inviolability of the human life that's right. and the inviolability of the dignity of the human life. That's right. Um, and that and the, it's not, not something that's, that can be sacrificed easily. And and one of the things, too, that's important to note is that the police and the truck drivers gave this man time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes, whenever uh, we, we think about those who are considering taking their own life, uh, they feel as if they run out of time, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and time is one of the most important things that, that we can give somebody to really, truly consider these things. Uh, so... So certainly, um, if you're listening to us and, and you're in a place of despair, um, that, that, that image, whether you're listening or whether you actually can, can see the image, um, that image is a sign of hope. Yeah. That there is always somebody willing to, to pull their tractor trailer yeah. right underneath you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and whether that's a conversation that somebody can have with you, uh, whether that is, um, whether that is, is simply going and, and seeking out somebody and, and saying, look, this is happening, uh, I need help, um, or, or, you know, yeah simply reaching out there is hope yeah and and it's so interesting that like that you know when people are considering taking their lives or when they're having a hard day um we never know what you know what um interaction we have with somebody how it affects our life how many people you know I, i i guarantee you um there are probably hundreds of thousands of people out there who have um, maybe throughout the last, you know several years have considered taking their lives and somebody has said something nice to them yeah. or looked them in the eye or saw them as a human or right said hello, yeah exactly you know, just spent yeah. spent a moment with them mm-hmm. that didn't you know they had no idea that's right um, that they had affected this person's life um, and so it makes me think about well, what how am I talking to people how am I talking mm-hmm. to my students I mean I have students who come in my office my my classroom all the time and uh, you know I'm like. <sighs> I yeah. gotta go to lunch and like, you know. But but I've I've learned that whoever's in front of you in that moment, especially with my kids, like, mm-hmm. is put the screen down. Yeah, what's going on yeah. in your life? That's you right. Know? Because you just never ever. I mean, how many times have I yelled at a kid and then they're like, oh, "This yeah. is my life," and I'm like, "So sorry." <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know, you know your but, situation. But yeah. you know how do how short are we with people on the street or we, that we pass and at work or whatever mm-hmm. um, that we just don't know. Um, that we we could be their tractor trailer. That's right. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that that uh, it, it's so important for us to do is to realize that that we are called to love one another. And that's mm-hmm. seeing at the basic level, seeing another person as a human being, desiring yeah. their good. That's that's the basic level of what Jesus calls us to in the gospel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's as simple as just giving someone your attention, like mm-hmm. attending to them. Like that's what attention means. But yeah. it's like just attending to their existence. Yeah, and I think about um, stories that people will tell about like Mother Teresa and and John Paul II. They tell like uh, about whenever they would meet them. It didn't matter if they were you know the president of the United States or the poorest person in the world. They attended to them. Yeah. They treated them like they were the only person that existed. Yeah, and that conversation was the most important thing that was happening. That's right. In the the world at the moment and it, that alone just attending to someone yeah. it, it restores their their own sense of identity and dignity and it gives you like that that push to keep going even if you aren't in a dark place maybe you're just like you know just Blah. being a human yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just feel a little bit blurred and mm-hmm. and someone attends to you and it just feels like okay someone sees me someone knows me yeah. it's interesting that uh, the the latin invocation for uh, all of the offices of the uh, the offices of the day the liturgy of the hours is, is Deus in adjutorium meum intende. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this notion of, of assistance, right? 
uh, and to in in the romance languages to attend means that I am waiting for somebody, right? Yeah. Uh, in most cases, when you're saying attenti or something like mm-hmm. that, you're you're saying that you're you're waiting on somebody. You're waiting um, in the sense w- with anticipation, mm-hmm. and that's what it is to to give somebody attention. So yeah. very important. Hmm. There's something there. Interesting. Isn't it interesting that, that no matter what, you, you run into the sources of Christian ethics mm-hmm. and the sources of, of simply what it means to, to be human. Right. You know? So all of you secular humanists who listen to the Catholic Underground, see there's something for you too. <laughs> and it points towards, well, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. You know who we are, Jeff Blackwell? I think we... Oh, I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's uh, all right. Uh, 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 that's okay. I was cueing you. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm glad you did. You know who we are, Jeff Blackwell? I know, I'm early, I'm early. But that's okay, you tell us anyway. We are the Catholic Underground. Thank you, Mama! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker. Jeff Blackwell joins us from space. Olivia Galino joins us from Earth. And Kathleen Lee is always somewhere... Near the Van Allen Who belt. Who even knows? Who <laughs> knows? We were talking, Outer space. We were talking about radiation earlier. Yeah, my hung yeah. But but now we go to a segment of the show that I like to call Chicken Base and m- Bacon Quesadillas. No, oh, wait. No, no. <laughs> the more Kathleen knows. Oh yes. my god. That's what I like to call oh. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone has ever like <laughs> celebrated my knowledge ever. That's, that's Incredible. right, exactly. Yes. And so and so in the segment The More Kathleen Knows. <laughs> Uh, as Welcome, it ter- children. <laughs> <laughs> as it as it turns out, when you're on social media, you know. Ju- <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ju- ju- just being a crazy is is not generally acceptable. No, and my you know my mom was talking about social media today, and she said, Kathleen, um, be careful. Facebook has just started a dating service. I said, thanks, Mom. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> the warning. She said, be careful because people are, um, are trying All to... All sorts of nonsense. People are reaching out to other people and trying to get their money. And I was like, well, good thing they won't be reaching out to me because I don't have any money. I have <laughs> we, Facebook, but I don't have any money. We had a good little chuckle. It was awesome. But anyway, all right, if you've been on social media, you know that things can get a little cray. Cray. It gets a little ugly, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, MySpace, if you still have it. Um, what else? There's, there's this new thing coming out, right? Um, the other one that's going to replace Facebook that everybody's like, oh. Replace. Me, we. Me, we. Me, 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 we. Me, me, we. Wave me. What is me, that? Me. No, don't so wave me. Please don't. <laughs> wave me. <laughs> wave me. Dot org. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So all of these social media platforms, Carnival. no matter where you are, can get pretty ugly. Um, we can get on there and it becomes like junior high mm. or Lord of the Flies <laughs> or, or the zombie apocalypse. Because Lord of the Flies was kind of like junior high, but on an yes. island. Oh my God. I just spoke at a, um, a junior high conference this past weekend in Mobile. Shout out um, yesterday. And like those people are nutso. Mm. If you're under the age of like ninth grade, you're crazy pants, <laughs> right? But we all can turn into these crazy pants, middle schoolers on social media. That's true. Right. Um, just like so, we were talking about. Yes. As it turns out, the gospel actually has the power to guide other parts of our life. Yes. Including. True. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy, David Mills at Alatea.com, which is one of our favorites, mm-hmm. um, starts talking about six rules for Facebook derived from Jesus's direct commands. Interesting, right? He did, in fact, give commandments. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. We know now, not, on, not you know, specifically for social media, but we're going to get there, right? One of his mm-hmm. friends, one of David's uh, friends, lamented to him apparently people find me worth talking about 
but not worth talking to. Oh, uh, snap, I believe. Interesting. Mm. That is definitely a, a snap moment, right? Mm-hmm. So what's distressing is that so many of these people being middle school ugly <laughs> yeah, are yeah. Catholics and Christians. Oh, oh yeah. it can be brutal out there, especially Zinger. Catholic Twitter. Yeah. Some of the most, I don't know, vile, not vile, but like some of the most assertive uh, comments that I've seen on the internet were on like Catholic threads, especially things about like the gather hymnal. Yeah. Perhaps (laughs) assertive and uncharitable. Yeah, absolutely. And dividing. Right. Even among the like, you know, among Catholic groups, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I think this and I think this and you're stupid. Yeah. And what? And it's like, OK, everybody yeah, dialogue's down. important, but yes, but let's don't calm be it down. Yeah, so what right. would Jesus tell us now? Here are six rules for using Facebook derived from his direct commands. And no, Jesus did not mention Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. but he did mention the coming of the spirit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he does know, you know how sinful we can be. Well, he does, in fact, know that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say uh, that uh, besides the fact that he knows everything, that's one of the things that he really expected to directly address yes. coming in the flesh. So these social medias like Facebook, Twitter, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. These are just new ways that sinful people can do what they always do mm-hmm. with a bigger audience and what's most, what's not most important, but most influential, right, yeah, sure. is they can be anonymous, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's usually bad. Very, yeah. very bad. But basically... <laughs> It's nothing new. Those are the worst kinds of trolls. Right. The anonymous ones. Ugh. Mm-hmm. All right. So number one. They trip trap on my bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> number one. <laughs> read others as you want them to read you. Mm-hmm. What? Let's go back to Matthew, right? Where Jesus says, do, un- do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law. And the this prophets. This is the law. And the prophets, people. Meaning that it's... It's... The scriptures. Mm-hmm. Serious. He's, he's saying not only is it the scriptures, but this is the teaching. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it says, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Assume they didn't mean what they seem to have have meant, mm-hmm. which is very hard because if only 140 characters speaks for us, yeah. where are we going from there, right? Yeah, because I was you, talking to somebody the other day, and uh, they were talking about how mad they were at somebody over either one of these services. Someone mad said, on the internet? Yeah, no. really. I said, I said, well, do you know... Do you know if they said what they said, how they said it, mm-hmm. you know, because you can type something out and if you, if you, you can't read sarcasm and right? you can't read right, yeah. into something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you have to know the person for that mm-hmm. to take place. Yeah. So we normally see a little, a little snapshot of it, right? We see a few dots um, and then we, we supply or make up other ones, right? Mm. And then we connect our own dots for what, what's coming out of this person's Twitter feed, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And Facebook doesn't tell you what the person's going through in their yeah. life at home, right? Uh, at least not yet. <laughs> may, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that Facebook now has an eye of Sauron alert, Jeff, uh, okay. whenever there's a, a, a privacy uh, violation uh, impending. I wonder what it looks like, <laughs> but they, they, they do, they call it the eye of Sauron alert. Wait, are you making that up? I no, really can't tell. No, okay. no I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's one of those instances yeah. where wow. even in real yeah. life, so you can't tell the That's kind of what they're sarcastic. calling it, yeah. Is Was the dating alert. thing real? Yes, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> that is real. I don't know what's real anymore. Oh, Kathleen, or I say, uh, other Kathleen, Olivia. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Olivia is having a little existential crisis over there. Yep. <laughs> well, apparently I'm being, uh, my existential crisis is being imposed on me because you cannot <laughs> right? remember my name. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So anyways, you never know what this person is going through, right? Maybe they're about to lose their job. Maybe somebody in their family is sick. Maybe they um, have just had one of those days where you Mm -hmm. just 
Mm, yeah, and right? maybe they picked Facebook to to vent. Yeah, yeah, which I mean is unfortunate, right? And maybe they're gonna gonna regret it later, mm-hmm. right? But um, sometimes we twist, like we hear one thing and we're like, oh, you know, we connect our own dots and then we we move on and we, mm-hmm. we share it with other people. And we could be that person, right, who twists all those those words around. Yeah. Um, but you want to read the way that you want to be read. So read with sympathy and charity. Mm-hmm. Um, read without assumptions. And then if, if you don't understand it, just move on, right? Yeah. Um, number two, don't respond to insult, right? This just harkens back to Matthew. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's- Let it go. That's hard to do uh, on, on social media. Yes. Especially if you tend to be a little confrontational in, mm-hmm. in real life. It's it's easier to put finger to keyboard. Right. Oh, with the response. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's oftentimes like this passive aggressiveness, right? Mm-hmm. We don't often mention names. Like not very many times am I like, you know, brazenly like tagged in a post. But there are those posts where you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. You're talking about mm-hmm. me, right? Yeah. Um, but let it go. Because, again, you don't know what this person meant. You don't know what they're going through, right? Few people know how they sound in print. I, I get yeah. this all the time when my students turn in essays. I'm like, did you read this back to yourself? Because this doesn't make any sense at all. Boo-boo, right? <laughs> right? People can write the rudest things thinking they're they're making, you know, like a lighthearted joke, um, yeah. that it's fun, mm-hmm. um, and it may not be that way. Yeah, right. It doesn't land that way. Right. Yeah. Um, don't respond also because the insult doesn't mean much, if anything. Right. People say dumb stuff on Facebook, on Twitter all the time. Who cares? That's that like in 20 minutes, it's going to be past everybody's news feed and nobody's well, going to know. True anyway, enough. Right. Now, while you feel mortally insulted, your real friends will just roll their eyes and pass over it. Mm-hmm. Right. And most of the times you're not tagged in it. So nobody knows they're talking about you anyway. Right. And besides, Jesus said, mm-hmm. Turn the other cheek. Let it go. Right. It's hard while one cheek is stinging. Right. To yes. turn the other one because there's a possibility that you might get the exact same thing on the other cheek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. So what happens if the writer meant it? Well, by letting it go, you're helping them out. Right. Maybe it's like a bait. Like, you know, those, those times where people bait you and you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the troll. Right. Let it go. The troll Middle likes form, like the bait. Right? Mm-hmm. It's good for us to have to swallow our pride and it's good for them to not engage. Right. Number three, take a break regularly and sometimes for a long time. Yeah. Right. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen. I say to you, they have received their reward. Y'all, Facebook is addicting. How many times am I like scrolling and refreshing, scrolling and refreshing all the time? Right? And I'm like, ooh, I haven't checked my Facebook in five minutes. It's addicting. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else, we waste our time on this, being concerned with other people's lives. As for me in my house, I deleted the app. Ooh, yeah, very too. nice. Ooh, I have not. I not. reinstall it for Catholic Underground so I can watch the chat room. I am not strong enough. Right. And so so when we scroll through, like a lot of times I find myself um, dealing with like jealousy yeah. or um, people's like you know stupidity, right? Really mm-hmm. aggravates me, and I'm like, why, why, why? And then I'm like, why am I even wasting my time on this, mm-hmm. right? So fast from Facebook for a little while, if not for a long time, yeah. the world will continue without you being on Facebook or Twitter. I kind of took uh, took Lent off of Facebook, not for any particular reason you know mm-hmm. it just kind of happened that way i deleted the app and all of a sudden it wasn't there mm-hmm. and uh i haven't really been back yeah i kind of i'll uh, i'll stand on the porch 
But I will hmm. not go through the door. Hmm. Interesting. So I'll post things to it, and I'll, you know, maybe one afternoon while I'm having my afternoon espresso, I'll, uh, I'll scroll through it on my on my iPad or something on the like web. Eighty-year-old Monsignor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> while I'm having my afternoon espresso or cappuccino, oh my, I scroll through and like things and say happy birthday, <laughs> but then I go away. On the um, New Jersey? Number four out of six. Number four, remember that you have a message to share, right? Does your Facebook like share the, the message of Jesus? Are you being a Catholic? Are you being mm. a Christian? Are you not afraid to post, you know, um, quotes from the saints? Or, um, you know, does it reflect who you are? Because sometimes on social media people, we can be two different people. We're a social media person, persona, Right. Mm -hmm. And then in real life, we're somebody else. Right. This is not how it should be. Can people look at your Facebook and know what you believe, what you subscribe to, what you um, what you are a witness to? Because if they're not, take a look at your own Facebook. Let me know. (laughs) We can't be like it doesn't mean you need to like every post needs to be about Jesus, which would be awesome. But it doesn't mean that. Right. But are you like going off on people? Are you going on, you know, tyrants and like tirades and all that kind of stuff? Calm it down. Mm-hmm. Right. Use it as a as a way to to be a witness. Right. Number five. Write Like you love the other people on your page. Mm-hmm. Right. Are that you, should be your voice. Right? right. Even if you don't know them. Right. Um, like even if you don't know, like you're 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 posting a, um, a you know, an, an article or you're posting about friends or, um, you know, what are you, are you are you showing love to other people? Mm-hmm. Right. Treat your Facebook friends as real friends. If you don't talk to them in real life, maybe you might need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe you reach out to them when, you know, you're not just stalking them on your news feed. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, you, you meet up with a classmate that you um, that you haven't seen in 10 years and you there's nothing to share because you know everything about their life. Yeah. But you haven't talked to them in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Reach out to them. Right. I've gotten really cool messages from people who are like, hey, I haven't talked to you in forever. I see you're doing this. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then we have a conversation like we're real life people. Because <laughs> you are. Number six. <laughs> Leave when the discussion gets toxic. Y'all do not go in there alone and like just sit in the toxicity of, of these you know, rants and yeah, stuff. Yeah, otherwise you will not turn into a ninja turtle. No. You'll disintegrate in no. the acid right again this idea this this anonymity right um this idea that i can go in and i can sucker punch you with a post and and walk away and never have to see the look on your face Mm -hmm. right y'all we can't be like that we're human beings right so like if if i want to have the courage to you know to to verbally assault you right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i shouldn't be able to hide behind that Right? So when your Facebook gets ugly, when you're going through and you're scrolling through and you're finding yourself jealous or angry or upset, walk away, right? Leave, get out of the thing. There are plenty of Facebook, like being who I am and what I do, I get poked a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not yeah. Facebook poked, but like poked with like people <laughs> are just, yeah, yeah. people mm-hmm. are like, hey, what you think about this? And I'm like, nope, done. Mm-hmm. Want to talk to me in real life? Let's do it. So here's the deal. Facebook is awesome. Social media is awesome. But be a human being to each other. Love each other like Jesus did through Facebook in real life. That's been The More Kathleen Knows. We're at the Catholic Underground. We'll be back in just a second.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. That's a new one. Welcome back. You've uh, somehow managed to find the Catholic Underground with me, not a surfer, but a priest. I've tried to surf, it's not pretty. Uh, Catholic, uh, I'm, I'm not Catholic Underground, I'm Father Chris Decker. Who are you? Joined by uh, Olivia Galino. Thank you for remembering and, my name. Yeah, it's written right here. <laughs> and, <laughs> On the back of his hand. Normally that doesn't help either. And Olivia Galino. And, and Kathleen Lee is here, too. Hello. That's right. You can't and get rid of me. <laughs> up in space, we, Jeff Blackwell and Ed are up there. Yeah, they're Like athletes' foot, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Thank just you. No, I was, I was just happening? thinking that uh, because I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm fun with you. And, and you know who else? You know oh, who oh, else sorry. I saw? Yes. You know who else I saw? Oh. Uh, actually, Olivia saw too. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, a young lady named Katie Richard who, right. went to, uh, yeah. who went to the Marian Sister of Santa Rosa? Well, she was back in Louisiana oh, yesterday. Wow. Sister Katie. And so they're, they're, as I understand it, I don't think I'm speaking off the reservation or out of school by saying this, but there are like two types of, uh, of visits that you can make whenever you're ending your postulancy mm-hmm. for, for a religious order. Hmm. There's the go home and take your stuff. <laughs> and then there's the go home and come back to us for mm-hmm. your novitiate. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so Katie was coming back so that she could uh, basically get her affairs in order so mm-hmm. that she can go back to Santa Rosa, California and and present herself as a novice yeah. for the yes. Marian Sisters of Santa Rosa. And so if you're watching, oh, I know, that's right? Sweet. That yeah. is so sweet. And so if you're watching us and in the uh, in the video feed, um, this was a, a little uh, <laughs> crawfish boil. And this was the picture. Uh, Sister Katie is there with uh, with the crawfish. And I am also there with a crawfish, and the crawfish okay. is pinching my nose. And a ray of light beaming from your forehead. Yeah, I, I, this oh, is, yeah. I, I have no control over those things. That's true. Um, and, uh, and so this is the picture that Katie sent to her mother superior. Yeah. And her mother superior says, I had no idea that crawfish were creatures. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, didn't she say something about, like, I had no idea you were going to be eating creatures? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Mm-hmm. Tasty so, yeah. creatures. Yes. By, by the way, for us uh, here in Louisiana, crawfish is good eating. That's right. Mm-hmm. At least and five it, pounds. And it ain't crazy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, you weirdos out there. <laughs> <laughs> I blame IKEA actually because they have a crayfish festival. Stop it. Because that's what in Sweden they're called crayfish. That's how they translate. It's wrong. It. How Sorry. can you C R A W is not? How, there's no Y in there. Yeah, I think it's because we say crawfish. Yeah. Because I that think is that's what, what they're called. Is. Yeah. Well, hey. There you we, go. we invented them, so there you go. We, <laughs> we, we, invented, them. we invented the crawfish. <laughs> we breathed life on the mud, and out came the crawfish. I mean, I'm not that saying is, that is kind of how we get them. That's true. Than, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't Google it unless you want to say <laughs> the people from Louisiana really they eat weird things. Yes. Delicious things. Well, it was those from uh, Canada, the Acadians, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who came down here, and the French pronunciation, the kind of slang, yeah. comes out Cajun. Yeah. Uh, so the it's the uh, the Cajuns. Well, they were hungry, so they were looking for anything to eat. Uh, yeah, I, I believe the okay. Now I uh, it might be shrimp, but echivest I think is crawfish. Don't look over here. I believe. Here. I believe. I can't. I think. 
I think. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Echley Vest. Echley yeah. Vest, yes. All righty. Uh, so you're Extra welcome. Points. So pray yeah. for points, Sister yes. Katie is the point of that. Pray for <laughs> Sister Katie, and you're welcome for the Louisiana history and culinary lesson. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, we're, we're so proud of Sister Katie. And, yeah. uh, and of course, so she's entering the novitiate. Mm-hmm. And that means that when she enters, uh, she receives her full habit, mm-hmm. which, which Sister Katie is making herself. She asks yeah. for permission to make her habit yeah. um, because oh, she, likes, wow. to, she likes, yeah. likes to seamstress. Mm-hmm. And she also oh. made her, her postulant wear. She, yeah, she mm-hmm. made her postulant um, jumper. Yeah, her little jumper. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so not only will she be receiving a new habit, but she will also be receiving a new name. That's right. No longer mm-hmm. Sister Katie. And so, and so uh, I believe the way that it works is she presents several names to her mother superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now Mother Superior can can choose one of those or none of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the idea is that the that the person named um, it's kind of like whenever you receive a bapti- your baptismal name, mm-hmm. uh, the old you is dead mm-hmm. and alive in Christ. Yeah. Whenever yes. you're confirmed, you pick a saint's name because you're you're once again being reconfigured. Mm-hmm. Your soul, by the way, Jeff, is being reconfigured at the moment of your baptism. So configured from not baptized to baptized. Mm-hmm. When you're confirmed, configured from not receive haven't hasn't yet received the outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit to now has received. So it's a oh, reconfiguring of your yeah. soul. There's one other sacrament where that happens. You know which one it is. I'll give you holy a hint. Orders. Yeah, holy orders. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. It's holy orders. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so, a great uh, hint. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, but so Katie uh, will be receiving a, a new name as symbolic mm-hmm. of the new life she's choosing. In, she's choosing in this community. Yeah. And really, kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It so is. sister Katie, or sister, whoever you will be, mm-hmm. we'll we'll let you know. By the way. Yeah. Um, we're praying for you, and so are all of the undergrounders. Yeah. So uh, we don't know if you'll see this, but uh, maybe you'll listen to it. One of these days. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, you know, as we've come from the Lenten season into the Easter season, you know, Lent is, is a time in which we spend a little bit more time in the confessional, a little bit more time uh, atoning for the things that we've done wrong. And, uh, of course, Easter is no less a time to, to hit the confessional, too, because I, I know that uh, for me, sometimes things don't fully materialize until after the resurrection. I go, oh, I, I do need to go back for that. Sometimes whenever um, we, we've been wronged, especially, we have the desire to, to forgive the person, to forgive the mm-hmm. wrong that is done. But we have to contend with the fact that we still experience the effects yeah. of the sin against us. Right. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about, about that. I want to yeah. forgive, but what do I do with, with the, the hurt? hurt. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not a weakness to still experience that hurt. That's just a fact of the human we think, condition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We think that, well, I've forgiven the person, so it should all be, you know, nicely boxed up and put in a closet and I never have to think about it again or experience that again. And that's not really true. You know, we are, we're not made of concrete. We're malleable. Um, things, we're, we're like sponges. We absorb things. Um, and sometimes we don't get ringed out all the way. Um, mm-hmm. So things can be residual, even though they're mostly gone. Yeah. Um, and sins have effects. And one of those effects is is that we are wounded right by them. yeah yeah you know, uh the trust passes against us right yeah, yeah. so um natalie eden from catholictherapist.com uh, which is a great resource it is. um so we'll link to it but she she writes about this this experience of you know i want to forgive um, and maybe even i have but i still experience that pain mm-hmm. from whatever it is that i'm forgiving and whoever i'm forgiving um and she says that that phrase you know i want to forgive um but how do i forget it frequently comes up in the course of counseling yeah. um, certainly uh, in, as a confessional thing too mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not uncommon 
Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, and it could be something that happened way long in the past. It could be something that's happened even now, happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, current relationships or, or situations uh, that you're dealing with that are continuing to, to cause pain, even though you're continually forgiving. Um, and, you know, you have that desire to move on because, number one, we don't like suffering, so we don't want to prolong it. Um, but those former feelings of being hurt, of being mistreated, ignored, whatever it is, they keep cropping up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there's like triggers in your environment, there's people, there's places, situations, words, TV shows, whatever it is, and they yeah. kind of just, they bring things up in your mind. They're not conscious, you're not choosing to, to relive it, but mm-hmm. it's happening anyway. Yeah, and then you dwell, right? Right, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like we, we uh, as I tell people, we, we oftentimes have like this um, convenience store, uh, uh, closed circuit TV system in our brain, and then especially whenever we're wronged, we keep re-racking the tape. Yeah. And we keep replaying it and replaying it. And so sometimes the, the little trigger thing will happen. Mm-hmm. And we just begin running that tape backwards and backwards and backwards over and over and over again. Yeah. And then we start, like, playing with the footage. Yeah. You know, like, like they do on the, uh, on the NCIS, right? They <laughs> zoom in and enhance. Yeah. And then they look at all the angles, which, by the way, is only barely possible. It's entirely based in fact. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but when it comes to, to wrongs that we experience, mm-hmm. we do that virtually in our in our head. Yeah. And I think a big trigger, um, one of the things that Kathleen was talking about was like just social media. Like the fact yeah. that we're constantly in contact with people that we aren't in daily contact with. Like we're we're in mm-hmm. this kind of indirect mode of communication uh, with yeah. a lot of people. A virtual relationship or right. series of them. Yeah. So even if you haven't talked to this person in a while, maybe because of some hurt that's happened, you still see things about them or, you know, they get tagged in other things and you see it and that can be like a trigger for you. Yeah. And um and maybe there's that desire to just stuff it down, forget about it because that's like the way that I'm gonna deal with it or the way that I'm gonna be able to move forward. Yeah. Um and those things don't really seem to work. Number one, because your emotions aren't bad right, you know no. emotions are not something that are bad um st thomas aquinas talks about the passions as being morally neutral mm-hmm. um it's how you use them that makes them good or bad um and how they're they're kind of activated in your life that makes them morally good or morally bad um and really when we when we stuff down our feelings when we um kind of want to reserve those things maybe we're thinking we'll deal with it one day what happens is they can snowball you know because you keep adding layers of you know anger of guilt of frustration or whatever it is and without dealing with those things you're just covering up with more Mm -hmm. and more and more until what until nuclear is explosion is explosion Mm -hmm. um and the reality of our emotions like we were saying um they're 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 good they can be good and um because they are the, those morally neutral um experiences and they often are are like signposts yeah. um that the lord will because he know the lord knows that you are an emotional being right. and the lord made us yeah. with the capacity for emotion exactly he gave you those emotions he's allowing you to experience certain things um, and he wants to experience them with you yeah. so if you're experiencing a certain emotion instead of you know setting it aside and thinking okay well i don't want to deal with this or this hurts too much so i'm just going to put it aside mm-hmm. like let the lord guide you into what that that experience or that emotion is yeah um so think of it as kind of like a natural gps system um, it's given us, given to us by God to help us figure out where we are currently, mm-hmm. where we have been, mm-hmm. because it, GPS keeps track of everything, Google Maps, and <laughs> what's going forward. Where, yeah. where are we going? How are we getting there? Yeah. Sometimes we, we are tempted to get carried away by our emotions mm-hmm. rather than to be in control of the vehicle. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. And that, yeah, that's another um, important point is that we are not purely emotion. Yeah. You know, we are, we are intellect and will. Um, and we'll talk about will a little bit later, but, um, but yeah, so if you ever think that like you, you can't stop feeling a certain way or like that your emotions really are at the helm of your ship and, and you, you just, you're kind of at that, their mercy, mm-hmm. that's an issue. Um, yeah. because you're not made for that. Um, we're made to be in harmony mm-hmm. between reason and intellect and will and passions and all this stuff. Um, so, and according to Carla McLaren, the author of The Language of Emotions, every experienced emotion contains a message, and we have to learn how to read the message. Mm-hmm. Um, so mistakes are made when instead of we properly reading the message or understanding the language, we decide to ignore it, or maybe yeah. even we impulsively overreact on it. Yeah. You see that, too. It's kind of two extremes. Very um, common on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all comes back to social. It all comes back to middle school. That's really well, that's, what happens. That's true. That's right. Um, so there's some common emotions that can appear that can block our ability to forgive. Um, one of the most common is fear. And then associated with that is anger. Um, and a lot, of way, a lot of ways they go hand in hand. Because if fear is this most primal of emotions, it can trigger a need for protection. Um, if these fears can be real. They can be even unfounded. Maybe they're just something that uh, occurs in our own minds out of habit. Um, again, like if something gets triggered and the instant reaction is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anger is a response to the threats that cause fear. So that's how they kind of work together. Yeah. Um, you experience a fear and then you're angry at the fact that something is threatening you. Yeah. Um, and so you experience those things simultaneously. Uh, and McLaren says that the message of anger is basically one of protection and mm-hmm. it contains two main questions that we have to ask ourselves. Number one, what must be protected? Mm-hmm. What's being threatened? And number two, what must be restored? How do I get back to a sense of status quo? Mm-hmm. Um, so anger is often the result of some kind of stimulus that threatens your sense of self, that threatens your standpoint or even like your perspective, your voice. Um, and it can cause that, that uprising of, uh, the, the blood boiling, you know? Yeah. And then another common emotion is guilt. Um, John Paul II talks about this in Theology of the Body. He talks about the experience of shame mm-hmm. as a, a fundamental human experience. He goes back to the garden and talks about shame as that fundamental human experience. Um, and the, the message associated with guilt is the, the feeling that maybe we might have violated someone or, mm-hmm. uh, or our own code of ethics, yeah. or we've done something that we that our conscience is telling us is morally wrong. Correct. Um, and so shame is very similar in that to, to guilt and that one feels lessened. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you feel like you've been untrue to your community. You feel like you violated a sense of personal ethics of personal, yeah. um, core values. Um, and maybe like it, it, the, the values that are shared by your community and you feel shame in that community mm-hmm. because you know that you violated those ethics, so, even if no one else been, does. Or they have been violated in you. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It goes, the, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So then you have to look at, okay, like, do I act? Do I not act on these emotions? Because that's the next step, right? I've acknowledged what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. What do I do with it? Um, and that's the eternal question. What do I do with it? That's right. What, um, what ought I to do? That is, that's a kind of a basic epistemological question, yeah. right? Your epistemology 101 is what ought I to do? <laughs> I think the basic epistemological question might be, what, why, what do why I know is, that I know? <laughs> do I know that I know? Uh, yeah. And so once you once you, Once can, you can establish, establish that, that you know yeah. that you that you know that you should know, then you become an ethical acting being. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it there, but you know, anyway, it's yeah. my least Your favorite class. Philosophy one hundred and one. Um, but yeah, so you have to understand first uh, a couple of things before you start acting or not acting. So number one, even if an emotion exists, our interpretation of it might not always be correct. Yeah. Um, and that's just part of our human 
human condition. Our perspective is not infallible. Um, Nor so, is it universal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so you're, what you're experiencing, if someone else says that I'm experiencing fear, that's not the same fear that you're experiencing. And that's just because we're all unique and unrepeatable. Um, so the, the core experience might be similar, but it's applied in different ways. Right, because the circumstances surrounding it are different. Yeah, exactly. Um, so th- think about this. There's a time and their place for righteous anger, right? We see that in um, in in the gospel in John two, whenever Jesus um, goes into the temple and he clears it of the money changers mm-hmm. and says, "Zeal for my zeal for my house will consume me." Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so there's a there's a time and a place for that. That was righteous anger, right? Because yeah. he's the son of God. Um, but in our in our daily lives, we have to use prudence. We have to use discernment to figure out. Okay, even if you are justified yeah. in being angry at X thing, mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it in the moment? Because flipping tables is not always an option. That's right, and it's important to realize that Jesus did not act out of out of uh, wrath in the sense of vice. Yeah, mm-hmm. he acted out of sense of justice. Yeah, and and oftentimes we tend to wrathfulness if we are angry, even mm-hmm. if we're righteously angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're not, we haven't discerned it well. We haven't kind of allowed it to sit. Mm-hmm. Our, usually our, our initial reaction is wrath Yeah. to yeah. just obliterate everything. Right. And I think it comes with a sense of humility and realizing, okay, well, is that the way that I react to things? Mm-hmm. You know, just, just looking at yourself kind of objectively, which is hard, but you know, do your best to say, all right, maybe I do tend towards wrath yeah. or what can I, what can I do about it? Um, because the reality is that even if you have that habit, you know, Aristotle and Aquinas, um, well, Aquinas from Aristotle uh, agreed that that virtue uh, and vice are habits. They're yeah. things that that can be formed, but they're also things that can be undone. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, neurological science, being what it is nowadays, agrees that the brain has this what's called plasticity, um, and so you can unlearn patterns. You can unlearn um, like addictive behaviors with you know obviously help um, depending on what it is. But you're, when it comes to to a specific pattern of behavior, you can unlearn things. Um, but the first step is to be aware. Of what it is. Um, so the second step before you start acting or not acting is to be able to set clear boundaries um, and restore your sense of self without offending the dignity of others, um, d- without offending the dignity of ourselves as well. Um, and because w- without realizing it, more injuries can be caused to ourselves and others by improperly reacting to an emotion. Um, so you have to have that kind of discernment to sit with something. Yeah. Um, like like even if it's if in the case of wrath, taking an entire minute to just sit. Mm-hmm. And just try to clear your mind, be at peace, count to a hundred, whatever it is, um, before you decide to do something else. Because you might find that you calm down. Yeah. Um, so how do we check the reliability of our, our uh, the message in our emotions? Um, so in in therapy circles nowadays, there's something called cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, it's a pretty reliable form of therapy. I say without any credentials, but, you know, <laughs> but your mom is a psychiatric mom, nurse yes. <laughs> practitioner. Uh, right? I felt very at home reading this article because it mentions narcissism, um, <laughs> which was the only second grader walking around saying that word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so cognitive behavioral therapy is, um, the, the basic principle behind it is that our perception and belief of an event affects how we will feel and behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just checking in with yourself is essential. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes back to just being self-aware. So look for things in your mind that are cognitive distortions, exaggerations. Those things are important. Mm-hmm. So you just ask yourself questions like, okay, if I'm experiencing hurt, have I really been violated? Yeah. That can be a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. Am I blowing this out of proportion? Have I really violated someone or some code of ethics? Yeah. If you feel a sense of guilt, maybe you find that you feel guilt a lot, mm-hmm. um, asking yourself that question. Asking yourself, what have I really lost from this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's the worst thing that can happen? Those are some examples of really insightful questions because it's not an immediate yes or no. You have to sit with it right. before you come to an answer. And that helps us get to to kind of the core of, of the experience of the pain that we have, mm-hmm. right? And, and those things are very, very important. I mean, oftentimes we we tend to think of, of forgiveness as, as only a spiritual component of our lives. Right. But but there is because we are because we are body and soul we mm-hmm. are we are hylomorphic is one of our favorite words at the CU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognize that that uh, our our soul is informed by our psychology. It is informed mm-hmm. by our emotions and things like that. And so that's the way to begin to kind of deal with some of the pain mm-hmm. of uh, of what we experience whenever we someone has trespassed against us or whenever we are doing the trespassing. You yeah. Know? Right. And then to get to forgiveness, fundamentally, forgiveness is not just an emotion that we feel. But forgiveness at its very basis is an act of the will. Right. Yeah. And that's that's super important um, because you really have to be patient with yourself um, and realize that certain things are just going to going to need time. Mm-hmm. But then they also need that act of the will on your part um, and you have to be patient with yourself. Right. Um, so sometimes when you made that effort to forgive, those yeah. emotions are just remnants of earlier wounds, of earlier experiences. And again, maybe they're not conscious, but you have to have to wrestle with them anyway. That's right. So when it comes down to, to actually, you know, forgiving, I think it's important to remember to forgive with the heart of God mm-hmm. because God is, is ultimately a God of mercy. He's a That's God right. of justice, but also with mercy. Yeah. Um, and because we're human beings, uh, we, it goes without saying that we will sometimes experience the, the scar tissue of, mm-hmm. of being sinned against, Right. Mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and so sometimes the, the pain may never completely go away, mm-hmm. but we may still experience the scar in some way. Right. Um, but, but it doesn't mean that we haven't forgiven because oftentimes I get that a lot mm-hmm. is well, because I still feel pain doesn't mean that my forgiveness of the person or the event wasn't real. Yeah. It means well, less. Yeah. But, but no, it, it certainly, in fact, it means more that you're acknowledging that you're making an act of the will to forgive mm-hmm. and that y- your recognition of the, the, the wound of the scar of, of, uh, of, of the, of the, of the trespass yeah, yeah. Uh, is still something that you experience. And yet it is still causing you to want to reach out yeah. to forgive, yeah. you know, and that's really what forgiving with the heart of God is all about. Yeah. Uh, God, because he is mercy himself, um, we, we have, we have really nothing done nothing to deserve God's forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we deserve, we deserve nothing. We deserve nothing. And, and yet God is so willing to reach out and forgive us. And I mean, certainly through the sacraments of the church, he wishes to forgive, but also to heal. Yeah. And, and we, whenever we extend forgiveness, we can desire that healing as well. Mm-hmm. Not only in the other, but also in ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And forgiving ourselves is something that's super important. Um, and that Eden in this article talks about, um, because in order to be able to receive and and give forgiveness, you have to be able to forgive yourself first. And that's often the hardest part. You drill down to the bedrock of the issue and maybe it's that we just can't forgive ourselves. Um, and, and really everyone has difficulty with self-compassion. So I think we're, we'll put the, the show notes, um, and we'll put this in the show notes. Um, it's a lot to sift through. It's a through. lot to sift through. Um, but some of the main takeaways that I want to leave you with are um, the fact that like prayer is a good discipline when it comes to, to grasping emotions, especially emotions that come from some kind of emotional woundedness or, or a, past, a painful past experience. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, because no one experienced betrayal like the heart of Christ on the cross. Yeah. Um, and so he understands. Um, but it also teaches you discipline to be able to, to... To bring this before him. Yeah, to bring it before him and to recognize that this is happening and to, to call it out, to mm-hmm. put a name to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very so. nice. It's a, it's, a, it's a, as I say, it's a very 
um, it's complicated in its simplicity, <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, but know that, that certainly you're not the only one that experiences that. If that's what you're going through right now, uh, the difficulty of, of forgiving or mm-hmm. of wanting to forgive, but still experiencing the pain, you're not alone. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, if you go to the show notes, which we'll put up uh, after this show is posted at catholicunderground.com, you'll be able to find out a little bit more information and, uh, to connect with uh, a Catholic therapist that's if right. you need yeah. to. That's very, very important Super to important. note. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, Jeff, uh, we are we are uh, farther along than when we first accepted the faith, so I think it's po- time for that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. And for our first Pick of the Week, uh, we go to Kathleen. Yes. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I just had to move um, out of my one bedroom apartment. Um, you know, trying to figure out where to live next, and my rent is up. Melissa's up. I got another month teaching. You're in between. Yes, yeah, so I'm in the in between. And so I've been moving from my one bedroom apartment to a storage unit. Let me tell you this all this independent woman stuff, done with it. <laughs> done. I need a good manicure and and some a massage. I sense an off Broadway play <laughs> oh being written gosh. about Kathleen. Yes. Into the storage unit <laughs> of death. Okay. I think into the storage unit would be yes, the name of it. This would be it. So I broke down. I was you like, were you just know a what? hashtag and a half, I, Kathleen. I can't even stand myself right now. So, like, I broke down, and I hired a moving company. That called, and, you know, and they're like, oh, it's going to be this. And I was like, yes. And they're like, plus this, yes. <laughs> Maybe some of that. Okay, yes, yes. Can you move all my big stuff? So I called uh, two men and a truck. Uh-huh. Oh, and can yeah. we talk about what a great experience I had? It was. I, they came in. They were very nice. It was actually three men. They were training someone, so no. I got... Three, three men in a truck and no extra call. Three, yeah, and there were like three, an extra three for men. free. One, for, the third the is free. And I was like, yes, He wasn't awesome. a Swiss guard, was he? No, he was not. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I didn't give them enough notice to come over. I'm sure they would have. Yeah, well, it was swearing in day today, so they were busy. <laughs> Ew, well, <laughs> a new crop. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway. And our next pick of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two men in a truck. If you're, if you're looking to move, they were great. They, ha- they had all that saran wrap. They saran wrapped all my stuff um they asked me what i you know they were very polite um and they were awesome so two men in a truck you can find them all over the united states if you're in rome good luck to you call the swiss guard it'll be great yeah maybe so two men in a truck. Mm-hmm. stuff yeah mm-hmm. anyway uh pick of the week olivia my pick of the week so um i i bake a lot which i feel like has been established um and the things that, that i brought grateful. in today well you're welcome uh, the things that i brought in today i actually got as a recipe from this blog that i follow called the vanilla bean blog Ooh. and it's one of my favorite blogs to follow not only because the recipes are delicious um and really like kind of fail proof um mm. i haven't had difficulty with any of her recipes um nice. but also because i really appreciate the way that she blogs um some people just, uh, I don't know, they, they go on for like seven scrolls of just like things that happened in their day, which I'm like, that's fine. I, I kind of care about your puppies. I care. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But what she does is she really emphasizes like poetry. Oh, okay. um, So cool. a lot of her posts nice. will have like um, quotes from different poems or different works of literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she'll just talk about it. Like her most recent, um, she'll even talk about music. So her most recent talks about Ella Fitzgerald. Um, cool. And it's not things that you would immediately connect with food but I think it's beautiful because I'm I'm one of those people who loves to talk about like the poetry of food mm-hmm. um I was talking before the show about how um Anthony Bloom says that all food is divine love made edible uh, and I think that that's something that's really true spoken like an orthodox bishop yep. 
Russian Orthodox faith. That's me. That's not me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she really brings that out in a way that I think is very necessary. Yeah. Um, and also her stuff is really, really good. So, very cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out because I like a good bacon blog. Uh, Jeff right. Blackwell. Not bacon, but baking blog. <laughs> or oh, bacon. Yeah. I like a good well, you had me at bacon. <laughs> that's true. Well, only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. There in the bag. What's it say? Please, I can't read you. What's in the bag, Jeff? Bacon! <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Uh, really, I don't have a lot of time to go into this, but you like doing dialects, and in fact, you did some earlier in the uh, in the program. Right. Uh, there is a great. Uh, it's a web page, but there's it's man, it is so detailed. If you just Google American English dialects, you will see even New Orleans has five different. Sure dialects. does. And yes, it just, does. It's incredible uh, the study these guys have done. So check that out. All right, your yours, uh, Father. My pick of the week because you know I'm going overseas in uh, a little while to do the Camino. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so uh, anytime you're, you're headed to Europe, this guy is awesome. Rick Steves. He has a, a oh, yeah. PBS series, but he has a really great series of books, but also a website. Rick Steves. dot com. We'll put that in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, slash travel hyphen tips. And he has got just about every possible travel tip that that uh, mm-hmm. you need to know from like where to stay, how to pay, what to pay, mm-hmm. where not to pay, uh, hotels, hostels, uh, customs. Mm-hmm. Like like, yeah. should you order a cappuccino afternoon? No. But can you? Yes. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So ricksteves.com is my pick of the week. You can let us know what your picks of the week are at backchat at catholicunderground.com. But we're always so grateful, Jeff, for those who support us financially and those who support us with our with Absolutely. their prayer. Absolutely. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. There's more information at catholicunderground.tv. That's right. And we have talked about a great deal this episode. If you want to uh, to join in uh, that discussion and you want to get the show notes, you can do so going to catholicunderground.com. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, if you haven't done that already, then that's the place to do it. There's a button on there. And uh, you can also search for us on iTunes. And if you'd like to, you can leave us uh, a suitable uh, thumbs up on iTunes. Uh, you know, give us a review mm-hmm. so that maybe some more people can see it because it goes up higher. Anyway, our panelists have been Kathleen Lee. She's the benefactress, uh, the moving faith ninja. Kathleen, thanks. Anytime. <laughs> She's at klee626 on Instagram, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Olivia Galino is at omgalino on Instagram. It's true. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Up in space, uh, Jeff Blackwell. He's our technical director. He's at Jeff Blackwell us That's on Twitter. Correct, and it's a privilege, Father. Indeed, it is for all of us actually to have Jeff. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Thank you, Jim. Uh, also, our video director for this episode, if you've been watching us on the video, is Ed Ball in the ball pit. See, we did it. Alrighty, uh, you know me. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm the Easter Tide, Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Digital Catholic. We hope we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We're the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. We'll see you next time.